Good morning. I am not Pastor Mike. Uh, I am Pete Roberts, and uh, I'm an elder here at the church. Uh, and like I said in the first service, I, if I thought uh, there were going to be so many people here, I would have prepared. Let's hope, I, let's hope that we have something to say. If you would, if you would open up your Bible and uh, stand with me, uh, we're going to read God's Word. And uh, go to Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18. <clears throat> and uh, let's read what, uh, what God has to say to us. Uh, the Lord God said, Woo! I'm getting a little vibration going on. All right, here you go. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. I propose this is the first wedding ceremony think about it and the man said wow <laughs> that's what he said no and Moses had to had to bring this back into into something that we could understand maybe a little bit differently he said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. You may be seated. Well, I thought that maybe I would title this, this sermon... Uh, they were naked and felt no shame, and the attendance would just go right up. But, uh, but no, uh, we're going to talk about uh, who's watching the garden and, and what happened in the garden. And, and the point I want to make today, and I, I'm going to give four teaching points here to support this position, and I'm not going to make them up. I'm going to kind of go with the Bible and see, if, see how that works, okay? Okay. Uh, and uh, um, my, my point is going to be this, is that the man was given the primary responsibility to lead and tend the garden and to protect his family. That was the primary directive to the man. And I think that uh, Genesis chapter 2 is a great place to go and search this out. And uh, the reason I think that is that uh, Genesis chapter 2 is before the fall. 
It's before sin came in and just fouled everything up and, and caused disorder and chaos and problems. And, and uh, you know, I was doing a little homework on this and I was reading a commentary by J. Vernon McGee and he said, you know, the whole Bible pivots on Genesis chapter 3. That's an interesting statement. And he said, just try reading Genesis chapter 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 all the way through to 11, and you try reading it without Genesis chapter 3. And, you know, you read the first two chapters, and everything is good. And the Lord did this and that and created all, and it was a good thing. And then you read chapters 4 and 5 and 6, and my gosh, there's murder and envy and dishonesty and things we don't even want to talk about happening. It's terrible. And you wouldn't get it if you didn't know about chapter 3 and sin entering the world and fouling this thing up. So I think chapter 2 is a great place to go to search out what does the Lord have to say about the relationship between man and woman and about the order he designed in the garden before sin. And I think it's just very interesting. And uh, the other thing I'd like to say is that uh, as I was doing some homework on this, and again, I didn't make this up, uh, although that's why we, in this church, you bring your Bible so that when, especially when I'm teaching, that you can check me and make sure that I'm not just filling in. I, I had a verse from uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 27 that somebody caught me on. And uh, so if I go to 327 this, this service, you can, you can watch me, okay? Um, you'll know I'm probably not where I'm... Yes, there you go. You're watching me. And, um, but uh, where I did... Uh, I want to give credit here. I, I was doing some homework on this, and I, I went back and I found a, a, a John Piper uh, message on chapter 2. I thought it was very good. And so I liked some of his teaching points, and I thought, you know, uh, I, I want to give credit to that. But and it, was, it was interesting. It was a message from 1989. I think it's still valuable for us today. Uh, and uh, and uh, so... I want to acknowledge that as we go forward. And, and uh, I also want to say this, that, that this message probably would, would not be received very well in the world. I mean, I, would, I won't going to be invited anywhere to give this message out in public. Uh, and if you're not a Christian and you're going to listen to this, you're going to think, what in the heck is this guy talking about? Uh, but... I'm hoping as, you, as we go through the points, these four points, that you'll see that they build on one another and that we as Christians, uh, we have a different program. It is, you know, I mean, what could be more countercultural than Christianity? Consider that for a second. What is more against our culture than that? And, and it was true from the beginning that this Christianity is... is not about our culture. And, uh, and uh, think about this. Uh, right from the beginning, uh, John the Baptist, you know, his first, when he was laying the foundation for it, he said, repent. That was the first thing. You know, assuming that you're all sinners. Repent. Okay? And uh, 
Uh, and then Jesus came and said, hey, you need a Savior. Uh, that's a little offensive. And so I'm gonna, in that tradition, I'm going to continue to be offensive and uh, give you the Word of God and see, uh, see what it says. And so um, I want you to notice something about uh, chapter 2. And it's funny, I, as I'm studying this, I didn't realize as I'm reading through chapter 1 and that you know God created all the, the beasts of the field and the animals and he did it in a very orderly fashion. And then at the end of chapter 1, he creates man and woman. But when he gets to chapter 2, you know, you think, well, why did he, did Moses, uh, was he inspired to put in chapter 2? But chapter 2 repeats, it goes back, and what it does is, and, and, and I was surprised to find this because I had read through chapter 2, but I never picked up on this. It, is a, it takes a zoom, it zooms in on the very last part of the creation of man and woman. And, and we get a, a zoom lens on this, and it blows it up, and it must be that the Lord has something else to tell us about how men and women in marriage and in the tending of the garden relate to each other. He has something more to say than man and woman were created. And he tells us that something more in chapter 2. And I propose to you that what he came to tell us was this, was that the man has the responsibility to lead and protect the household. And so let's go there. Uh, chapter 2, and uh, my first point is in verse 7, okay? And uh, not 27, but verse 7. And uh, it says, uh, chapter 2, this is really tough when I, it, with one contact to focus and refocus here. Uh, and it says, And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Point number one, that the man was created first, and the woman was created second. And you'd say, well, Pete, I think you're if you're going to base your argument on man's leadership role over the fact that he was created first, uh, it's a little weak uh, because before the man was created, the animals were created. Hello? And, but, it, you know, you're laughing because it's ridiculous to think that the Lord would put the animals in charge. Although, in some places close to us here in the county, you know, uh, they, they require man not to build a house because of the kangaroo rat or whatever. I mean, I'm thinking sometimes the animals are in charge. <laughs> but that is the wisdom of the world, okay? Um, and I, I don't get it, um, but, but that's it. And so, uh, but man was created first. And you know what's interesting? We don't, uh, we don't pick up on that in... Uh, in chapter 1. All we know is that man and woman were created. But this firstness is a big deal. And the Jews knew that the firstness was a big deal. In the Jewish culture, you know that the man, the firstborn son in a Jewish household has a higher responsibility but receives a double portion of the inheritance. Now, when I was younger, and uh, I grew up in a... At this one point in my life, I was probably six, and... Uh, my mother was divorced, and I was living with my mother and my sister and my grandmother. 
Hello? I was surrounded by women. And I was trying to make the point. That's the, way, the reason I turned out like this. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to make the point to my sister, who was younger, that, that I was in charge. And I've been trying to explain to my mother that I was in charge. And, and at, at six, maybe you have some six-year-olds that, are, that have this concern. And if I just knew a little bit of Bible, and I did knew, I knew a little Bible even at six. And so I tried to explain to my mother and my sister that I had a, a, a superior position in the household, or at least over my sister, because, and the best I could come up with was because Jesus was a man and I'm a man. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I remember that. I thought, well, you know, I was close. I was warm. But, um, but, but, you know, it's funny. Paul does not go there. Paul doesn't go there. No, if, if, you, if, you, if you look back, and, and I think this is interesting, when, when Paul, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit when he wrote, and we need to give some great consideration to inspired words, uh, he talks about in, in, in 1 Timothy 2.13, uh, and also in Ephesians 5, but he, but he talks about because man was created first. He gives great emphasis to that, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't disregard that. But man was created first. My second point is this, that the command to tend the garden and how to take care of the garden was given to the man. Now let's look at that, and let's find it here if I can. Uh, that'll be my next challenge as I refocus. And, uh, and somebody might even help me with this verse. Maybe I can even find it in my notes. Here we go, Genesis 2.15. And it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Now, this is an interesting side point. Do you notice that? I, I have read this and skipped right over it many times. And it says, uh, he put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Interesting. I thought work was a consequence of the fall. Isn't that it? it? We were designed to work before the fall. This is the Lord's plan for us to get up and to go to work. Interesting. I, I thought it was a punishment. But I'm, I'm guessing that the garden was a pretty cool place to work, don't you think? I, I would be all over that, okay? And, uh, um, and I'm sure there was bass fishing there, and heck, what the heck. Um, all right, so, so he says, to work it and to take care of it, an interesting point, and the Lord God commanded the man, look, let's look at this in verse 16. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, he gave the command to the man. And he gave the command to the man before the woman... Now, we don't know this from chapter 2, do from chapter 1. But we only know it from chapter 2. And he gave the command to him before the woman was created. She's not, she doesn't come on the scene. We read those verses already till. Verse 25. Okay, now, uh, I'm thinking here, and you just think along with me and see if, you know, you read your Bible. It's your Bible. You get to d 
decide. Okay? Uh, does the Lord imply here that Adam is supposed to continue on and deliver that message to his wife? And it appears, if we look at Scripture, it appears that he does. In chapter 3, the woman almost gets it right you know, about what not to do about the tree of the knowledge. She gets very close. Okay, so Adam did pass it on. Okay, so, so the point here, we've got two points. Number one, the man was created first, signaling his initiating, his initial creation, his primary responsibility of taking care and guiding the household. Okay, and number two, he was given the command, and that command was not repeated anywhere else again in scripture. It's not repeated. It was just one time. Boom. Now, because the man was created first and because he was given the command, does that mean, like in in my case, when I was six years old, I was trying to propose to my family that in some way I was superior and better. It's not what the Lord's trying to communicate here. Uh, We have to realize that the man and the woman are equal. Now, he could have made this statement in, in chapter 2. He could have said, couldn't have the Lord said or done this. Why didn't he just create the woman out of the same lump of clay that he created the man out of? Why, why didn't he do that? And, and, and that would have been a perfect statement of the equality of men and women. And I think that he didn't do that because he already made that perfectly clear. Go with me to chapter 1, verse 27. Chapter 1, verse 27, it says, And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What more can you say about man and woman that they were created in the image of God. No other creature was created in the image of God except for man. And so this says all the Lord needs to say about the mutuality of respect and dignity that a man and a woman should have. Amen? Yes. The Lord already said, you know, and and, and if you look at my household, and my daughter would even admit this, and of course my daughter nor my wife are here, so I'm free to talk about them. (laughs) that my wife is a very smart lady and my daughter freely admits probably smarter than I am, okay? And, and, you know, when we were in high school together, uh, my wife graduated number 10 in the class of 300 and and I I graduated. (laughs) Amen to that. You know, I tried to explain, and this is just a side note, I tried to explain to my mom who went back to school when I was in high school and she went back to college and she had one class and she studied and studied and studied. I said, Mom, what are you doing? I said, you're doing, you're, you, let me explain this to you. I've been going to school for a long time. I was probably a junior in high school. I said, look, here's the deal. I said, you're doing a couple of things here. You're blowing the curve for everybody else because you have one class. Okay. And you're misusing your time. I said, if you're going to get an A, that's a, you've completely 
put in way too much time. C is passing. <laughs> All right, and I, I don't believe that today. It's not the lesson I'm giving to my children, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but that was my wisdom. <clears throat> um, and so we've got, we've got two, two teaching points here. And, and the third one, and, and, and so I hope I've made this clear, that, that the men and the women are, are in, in the Lord's eyes, they're equal and they, they deserve equal dignity. And uh, nowhere in here am I going to talk about your, anybody's superior position. I hope you, you get this. As a matter of fact, the word you're going to hear from me over and over is a word called responsibility that comes with leadership. And it comes with the command to tend the garden. And, uh, and interesting, now my third point is this is that when the command was broken, when the command was broken, and the Lord came back, the Lord God came back to take an account. Where did he go? Let's, go, let's look here. Chapter 3, the command was broken. Let's go to three, chapter 3, verse 8. And the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to who? Man. To the man. He called out to the man. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because who sinned first? The woman. The woman sinned first, and he calls, he goes to the man. Where are you? And he answered, and this, this gets really weak. Now, this is, but he gets weaker after this, but he starts weak and then he gets worse. Okay? Oh, uh, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Brilliant. But that's what sin does. That's what sin does. He wasn't hiding before. Hmm. So, when the Lord came, God came to give an account, He goes directly. He goes straight to the man, not to the woman. Even though she sinned first. But, and, and why is that? It's because He was given the responsibility to tend the garden. He was the leader. And I would like to make another point. Look at this. You know, when, when this whole thing went down, where was the man? Now, I used to think, you know, and I, I've read through this before, and maybe you read it like I read it. Here's what I thought. You know, Eve's off someplace, right? The serpent comes to her, but Adam, he is working away. He's sweating away someplace, pruning or tending or planting something. I don't know. He's working. And then Eve comes to him with this fruit. You know, we think it's an apple, whatever. We don't know, right? He, she comes and finds him and says, here, have a bite of this. It's not the way it went down. Look, look here. There's good evidence to the fact that Adam was right there, standing right there next to her. That blew me away. Um, if I could only find the verse, but it says, and you know, it's, in, it's interesting. 
Uh, I'll start at verse 6. It says, And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. Now, different versions go on. Uh, please don't tell Pastor Mike this, okay? Don't, don't tell him. I, you know, I'm reading out of the NIV. If he finds out, if he finds I'm serious, I am so done. Here. I, I will not be back, which is all right. I won't have to prepare so hard, okay? But, but uh, I, I'm finished. But, it, but, it's, but I read a few other versions, but the NIV nails it pretty good. And, and it says... Uh, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. So Adam is just standing there. He's just standing there, not doing anything to protect the welfare, to protect his family, to protect the garden. He is just standing there. That's, that's unbelievable. And some of the men in our culture, in our church, are doing the same thing. I think that's what the Lord has to teach us. And I'll tell you what, I came to the Lord as a guy who was 35 or 36 years old. Let me tell you, my program was pretty messed up. It was pretty messed up. And I had to learn a lot of things over. And my wife was a Christian before I was. Do you think that was not difficult to become the the spiritual leader in our household? Hello? It was risky business to try to pull that one off. But I think, as I'm reading this, and I'm learning, I'm learning along with you, I'm as guilty as you. All right? But I'm learning. I think the Lord calls us out as men to lead our families and to protect our families, and Adam completely blew it right here. And then look, look, look down at verse 17. I think there's 17 verses in this chapter. Okay. It says, he says to Adam when he is now giving him the punishment, he says to him, because you listened to your wife. See, that was the first infraction. Because you listened to your wife. Now I see some men smiling. Okay, I don't know if we want to go there. Okay. I may have to go there. Okay, but because you listened to your wife, and I skipped right over that part, and then the second offense was, and you ate. Okay. Where was it? And you ate from the tree, which I commanded you, you must not eat. So you did two things wrong. You were listening when you should have been leading. Amen? Yeah. He blew it. He was listening when he should have been leading. Man. I think this has some application for us, and I'm including myself. Okay? It is risky business to be called out as the man, even if you're not the smartest one, even if you don't have the administrative giftedness that your wife has. Hello, my wife is very gifted administratively. It doesn't relieve me from being responsible for the finances of the household. Just even though she's better at that. Doesn't, I can't just say, 
you know, this is, it's really depressing. I, I earn this money and then I have to come home and it all, all, out it all goes. I, it's just too depressing. You deal with it. It's not right. It's not right to heap that burden on our wife. Now, it's, it, she may be able to balance the checkbook better than you. That's okay. But you should come alongside and make sure that you know what's going on in your garden. Amen? You've got, you've got to know. And I would propose this. If the children are not disciplined, if the children aren't disciplined, it's not the woman's fault. If they're disobedient and disrespectful, it's the father's fault. Amen? Amen? He's, he's in charge of, of, of tending and taking care of the garden. And if things aren't right between the man and the woman, and, and as elders, we sometimes get involved in counseling. Let me tell you, it's not... Do not sign up for this, okay? It's not... It's, but but it, is, it, is, it is difficult work. And you know what we find? Five, I don't know, a long time ago, we were in a session. I was with, with two elders and, and another person, and I gave a passionate talk about to the man that he needs to court his wife. And he need, you need to do that as a married man and plan things. <clears throat> And the wife is a responder. The man is the initiator, and the wife is the responder. That's how J. Vernon McGee spelled it out. I thought it was a beautiful way. Men initiate. We're designed that way. We're designed to, to be the aggressor, even physically, right? And the woman is designed to be the responder. Hello? I mean, I wish somebody would have explained this to me when I was 18. I didn't get it. The Bible has so much good for us to know. And if things aren't right, here's what happens. I, I gave a passionate talk to him. He com- as, as usual, he completely blew me off. The other two elders and myself were totally convicted and went home and bought our wife. Independently, we called each other up afterwards. And, and the other two elders said, you know, Pete, I, 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 after you gave the talk, I went and got my wife flowers. <laughs> I said, funny, I heard the same talk. I got my wife flowers. <laughs> and so we're all laughing. We got our wife's flowers. This other guy, he didn't, he didn't hear a word. I'm so convicted by this. Man. And so it is, it is our job. I, I really don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say to the women. I don't think that the problems in the marriage, in the problems in the home are primarily the fault of the woman. I think they're primarily the fault of the man. And it is a burden. This, this is a hard thing to say, isn't it? I mean, I wish I could be doing Pastor Mike's sermon, you know, on the four soils. I mean, I think that'd be easier. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that either. So, my last comment, my last point and 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 i'm i'm almost out of time probably right no. i'm not can i just keep going and go there's really no there's no third service yet <laughs> the last point is this this is the last point and and i know i won't ever be asked back up here again so i may as well i may as well just give it my sh- best shot right now 
Uh, and this is, look at the beginning of chapter 3. Okay? And this is my fourth piece of evidence that we were called out. And we were called out to lead and protect. And, and, and here it is here at the beginning of chapter 3. Satan, the very first thing that Satan does, the first time we hear of him, what does he do? Does he go to the man to tempt him? No. No, he is more subtle he, than all of the creatures. And I don't want to make this up, so we'll just, we'll just read it. And now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did, did God really say? In other words, he went to the woman to tempt the woman. Now, we know the man is right there. Did he, what did Adam do? No, but what Satan did, he is so subtle, is that he spun this and he performed a role reversal and he approached the woman like she was the leader of the garden. He isn't that sneaky. He didn't, and he ignored the man. He just ignored him. And so the deception was laid. And here today, all of a sudden, in our culture, is anything any different? You know, men and women are, you know, in our, in our world, I mean, I'm going with this program. I mean, I know it won't be received in the world, but, but this, you know, the Lord created us, as we just found out, and he gave us the, the, the rule book, the manual. Hello, why don't we just follow it? And he gave us a perfect order. And in the perfect order, and, you, and it's interesting, when, when Jesus and Paul give any counsel and any, any discussion about marriage and the role of marriage, they, they never go back to chapter 3. They skip right over chapter 3 and go to chapter 2 because they want to give you the evidence, they want to give you guidance and counsel on how it should work before sin screwed it all up, right? So he goes, they go back to chapter 2, not to chapter 3. But notice this, and this is where I, I went to... Genesis 3.27, and I was wrong. Okay, we're not going to go there. We're going to go to Genesis 3.16. Okay, Genesis 3.16. Okay, and, uh, and I'm going to skip over the whole pain in childbirth thing. Okay, I'm just going to skip right over that because it's painful. Okay, <laughs> and... Um, But I'm going I'm to focus on this last part, and this is uh, something that, uh, you know, and again, this is a message, man, that we should be teaching our sons and that the elders have a responsibility to teach at this church, right, to the, to the young man and to the, to the old man and to myself. I need to learn it. But notice here, it, when uh, the Lord is talking to the woman, it's, it says here, and your desire, the end of verse 16, and your desire will be for your husband. Now, I misread that over and over. You're, you know, I mean, I, I thought, wow. You know, when we get married, she's going to want me. <laughs> Wrong, okay? That's not what this means. Hello, I need to explain that to my son. This is, it was not about that, okay? Um, 
I said, but what it is about is this. It's about that her desire in a fallen state, okay, will be to challenge you for leadership in the household. That's what that means. And, the, and, and, and it goes on to say, but you will rule over her, and, and that is the Lord's order. Okay? Now notice here, I haven't said anything about your rights, any but the man's rights. As, have I said one word about that? Not one. Because this is not about your rights. This is about your responsibility. And, you know, I thought my, you know, uh, when you go to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 5, and you might just go there on your own, uh, but you'll see there in Ephesians chapter 5 that, that uh, Paul talks about the men, and he, and he talks about men laying down your life for your wife and treating your wife and loving your wife as, as, as your own body, right, in Ephesians 5. And then what it says, when he gives the guidance to the men, he says, and then, wives, respect your husbands. And my wife puts it this way. and She says, you know, if the man is willing to lay down his life for the garden and for the wife and for the family, there's no problem with the wife responding and respecting. Amen? That's the Lord's order. It's a perfect, it's a perfect design. And so... Those are the four points, but I'll have, I have one last one you might just want to add. And, and I, I uh, propose that even your conscience, even your conscience bears witness to this order. And I'll leave you with a question, and that is, why do women and children get on the lifeboat first? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for a glimpse of uh, how it was before sin entered the world. I'm, Lord, we only got two chapters on, on the garden and perfect things. And, uh, but uh, we look forward to that again when we can be with you. We thank you for the guidance and the light that, that, that your book opens up to us on how to lead and how to love our wives and... and uh, we just we praise you and thank you for your order and and uh, we do this in Jesus name amen